Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of comics that have come out this week. Kicking it off with Batman Fear State Alpha, number one from DC Comics, written by James Tynan IV, art by Ricardo Frederici. Are you scared? What are Are you you terrified, Pete? I'm sorry. He's the scarecrow suddenly. Oh, okay. (laughs) Stop. I'm the scarecrow. Stop. (laughs) Anyway, so in this issue, this is picking up on the current run of Batman, where Scarecrow has taken control of Gotham City, not just from Batman and his allies, but also from Simon Saint and the Peacekeeper program. And we're dealing with the fallout here. We get a lot of setup here in terms of the threat, why the threat is happening, what Scarecrow's mission is here, what powers he has now over the city. That's where we're kicking off this big crossover that's going to go through the whole Batman line. What did you think about this kickoff? And also, I'm curious to hear what you think about this structure for mm. events, meaning the alpha, multiple issues, and then the omega issue. I well, mean, we've been in that sort of cadence for a while. With uh, Marvel's been doing that a lot as well. Um, I'm fine with it. Um, do you guys not like it? I, I thought this was... Really great. I mean, you get a lot here in this book. You get a lot. There's a lot in here, which is great. I I think the art is unbelievable. Um, The kind of like uh, crane uh, kind of sit down meeting you get is was really fantastic. I was really impressed with that. Um, uh, Yeah, I I loved the kind of moment where you see that Ivy is still got a soft spot for Quinn. Um, they're really kind of like setting everything up in such a a big, huge way. I feel like this is going to be this is like a really fun Batman arc. What's nice is we got a little bit more kind of side characters in there instead of it just kind of being the main uh, Batman family. So uh, I feel like this is very interesting and cool. I- I'm excited for it. This book brings a lot of the stuff that James Townen has been doing very well, which is reflecting the world outside and the conversation that we're having through superhero books and the idea of that he drives home very strongly here of people responding to fear and people being broken down in a new society yeah. coming out of that feels very present 
for the present day and very uh, responding to what we are all feeling right now. So that's a really good thing to be playing off of. It also feels like a very classic Gotham City is in trouble yet again, and maybe it's going to completely fall type arc. Uh, So I'm excited to see what happens going forward. I thought the art in this was really solid as well. Um, My issue, I'm not a fan of the Alpha Omega issues in the new thing. I knew If you got if that's the only issue. I was leaving you. You you were were baiting us. Yeah, if that's the only issue you have, I mean, that's still... You know, fine because regardless. Yeah. Do you, Pete? Do you feel like there's some sort of level you could re- relate to somebody who doesn't like a specific numbering cadence for types of issues? Is there something that you could yeah. find some common ground there? I, I can, and I appreciate what you're going through, and I'm sorry <laughs> that it's causing you so much I'm, strife. From that standpoint, I agree with you. This would be confusing if I weren't a reader who understood the, how this all works. If I was just reading comics, I was like, "Did I miss something?" Because what's Alpha? I don't know why I should, would buy that. Uh, but um, I do think I, what I like about it is their alphas are usually longer. They usually get a little more space. They usually um, get to tell the story how they want, and I appreciate that um, for the creators. And I agree. I really like this book. Um, this book made me really future miss James Tynan on Batman. I think that's a fair way of looking at it. Let's move on to another one. Dark Ages, number one from Marvel, written by Tom Taylor, art by Ivan Coelho. I think for me, this was the biggest surprise of the week because I read this right after Batman Fear State and I was like, another event. I can't deal with another event. Wait, are you reading these comics in order that we're talking about them? Nope. But I did read this after Batman Fear State, and I felt like one event after another, back to back, we've been reading so many events from DC Comics, so many events from Marvel Comics that I was like, I can't get into another one, even though I like the team behind this, and ended up loving it. And the reason I loved it is this is a out-of-continuity book that Tom Taylor is doing that is on par with what he's done in Injustice what he's been doing over in not Marvel Zombies. What is the, what is the DC Deceased. version? Deceased. Deceased. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just he puts the Marvel Universe in the worst situation possible, makes it even worse pretty much every page, and then comes up with these glimmers of heroism throughout. Love this book. 100% on Bard. How do you guys feel about it? Wow. I agree. I really liked it as well. I like how hard it went. Like in a world where events often are like, it's what you know, but get this, that guy's has a weird eye. So that's a clue. And you'll have to read to the end to find out that it's um, like a a rock or something. Um, This feels like it's going hard. It feels like you're getting your money's worth with a comic and uh, it's a good read. I'm very excited to see what happens. Pete, what Uh, about you? Not so much. I I don't like steampunk and the kind of like leading up to steampunk Iron Man is not exciting for me. Um, wow. I just that is the uh, hi, that is not what this book is about. That is a ah, hyper specific complaint. Ah, if it's not steampunk, it's steam powered. Yeah. What did you think about the fact that he had a top hat and a monocle though? Did you like yeah, that? Yeah, I did not. I did okay. not like that. He kept saying, "Milady." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're hitting all the things that I hate. 
Um, yeah, it just it's hard because it's like it starts off and even in the, the second page where it's the name of everybody who's working their butts off on this project. It's got the steampunk background with the gears and shit. And I'm like, boo, um, I do <laughs> like You're such a the, bully. I know. What did I steampunk do, do to you. What, did someone in a little jetpack bother you? Yeah, at I some don't want Yes, yes, very much so. But I do like the reveal. I like uh, the kind of setup of the villain and that kind of thing. Um, you know, having uh, different people kind of in this team is exciting. But I'm not excited for the reveal of just steampunk life as a normal thing. So I'm not looking forward to that. But I, I do think that this is a cool team. I'm definitely going to check out more. I don't and think I this like is the... steampunk life. I mean, just to give people, we didn't actually talk about the concept of the book. The idea is that there's another enormous threat that's going to destroy the Marvel Universe, except this time it kind of does uh, and leaves the entire world without power right. off of that. There is a shifting, uh, metaphor implied, power dynamic that happens. We get the sense that it's it's much more a post-apocalypse book than it is a steampunk book. Uh, And it it focuses on Spider-Man. There's a really good Spider-Man in here. There's really good emotional moments. Yeah, I love the the whole stuff with the, you know, ceiling baby and all that. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's there's some great stuff. I'm just not excited about the reveal of Iron Man as steampunk Iron Man. And then, like, how we're going to move forward with that. What do you think about, uh, they already announced this. This is coming a couple of months down the road. But Marvel is going to be launching Top Hat Iron Man and the Ceiling Baby as a spinoff series. Are you looking forward to that? That's, that would be a great t-shirt right there. Oh, okay. I'll see oh, what there I it can is. do. Next up, The Beauty, All Good Things from Image Comics Story by Jeremy Hahn and Jason A. Hurley. Art by Matthew Dow Smith, Jeremy Hahn, and Danny Luckert. This is a surprise at least to be final issue of the beauty, a story set in a world where an STD makes people young and beautiful again, and then explode later on. As it turns out, uh, this title has gotten so many different directions. It's been a crime thriller. It's been a meditation on age. It's been a meditation on loneliness. And in this final issue, we get a wrap up for a bunch of our different characters through two, I believe short stories uh, that are set in the world of the beauty and the tease that maybe it's not 100% done after all. This has been a phenomenal series, and I was so happy not just to see a new issue of this at the stack, but also that it ended up so well. What was your guys' take? I agree. I mean, I have been, uh, haven't read every issue of, of The Beauty, and I really enjoyed this issue, though. Like, the way, like you're saying, that this comic was able to really um uh, to use a quote from eric powell on our recent live show stretch its legs and really um explore a ton of different aspects that even deviate from the main premise of the book like that is so hard to do and the fact that fans were able to really follow them on that journey ending up here with just great little sort of almost mini stories about um some characters and some people in this world i I thought it was great Yeah, this fucking book really stuck the landing. Unbelievable ending. Yeah, you get some really cool moments. And like Justin is saying, they kind of sit in things a little bit. And it makes it so much more powerful and and kind of like nice to kind of have these moments with these characters. I very much enjoy that the art's fantastic. 
Um, you know, I haven't been as on board as Zalb says the whole time, but man, this ending really makes me want to kind of go back and, and check stuff out more. Love yeah. the ceiling, baby. <laughs> no ceiling, baby, in this one. Next up, Infinite Frontier, number five from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Jesus Moreno, Paul Pelletier, and Tom Derenick. In this issue, our heroes have joined together on Earth Omega, I believe it is, to fight against Psycho (laughs) Pirate, and the big villain is revealed by the end of the issue. Uh, Stuff happens. Well, come on, asshole! Fucking bring the same enthusiasm the other books you loved, you piece of shit. No, this I'm is good. Wow. I'm good. No, Thanks, no, Pete. No. This is. I had <laughs> a great time at this. That ending really got me hyped <laughs> about this book. The villain kind of thing was really badass. Great use of psycho pirate. How many times can you say that out loud? Love the cover. I I thought this was like a DC action turned up in such a cool way. Great use of Pete, uh, of of characters in this. Did you just I, say great use of Pete? I was going to say people. I was going to say people. <laughs> great use of Pete. Characters. Great use of Pete in this review. I like the team. <laughs> the team uh, on this book. I, I'm I'm having a great time with this. Go fuck yourself. Great use of people and paper and uh, <laughs> internet. <laughs> what did you think, Justin? Uh, I'm sort of in between you two. I thought it was all right. Um, I mentioned this before. I feel like Psycho Pirate to me is a little bit overexposed as a villain. Haven't we? What is his deal? He's, it's I a maybe fun said name the same to say. Thing. That's not enough to be a villain that makes sense. Psycho do you guys Pirate? in your head, every time you read Psycho Pirate, do you follow it up with Keskase? Because I do. What? Psycho Pirate, Keskase. Thank you, Justin. What, what is that from? Da, 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 da. Psycho, Psycho Killers. That's good. Oh, that's not uh, psycho killers. That's anyway, uh, no, I don't. I don't hate this book or anything like that. I just think the promise of it that it was fifty-two part two, giving this a grand tour of the DC universe. Yeah, is has reduced itself to a regular old slugfest, and oh. it's fine. But I've read the sort of thing. I don't know, a month or two ago, you know, like this is the sort of thing that DC does too frequently at this point. And I know I pointed this out as my concern with this book, I think last week or the week before, or whatever the last issue was, that DC went from one event to another event. They're just going from event to event to event to event. And it's just like you just rebooted the universe. Just sit in that for a while. Just let that lay. Maybe I'd be okay with this or better with this if it came out in a year or two years or something like that. But having Darkseid be like, I'm going to redefine the multiverse again. And it was like, I barely understand what is happening right now. Come on, man. I, I think that's fair. Your, and I also your think main it, complaint is that it's too much like a DC comic that you've already read. Yes. That's it. But that's a fair complaint. <laughs> uh, I think that to me, the promise of 52 was such like, we're going to take a wide journey around the DC universe. And I think that's what it did. And this sort of had that same promise where it was like, oh, and then in a couple issues, we're going to be at the end of in most extreme version of that journey. Um, I mean, this is issue five and it feels like, oh, this is just what it is. When in the first few issues, I think we liked it a little bit more as a group because it felt like it was doing some new stuff and seeing some new people, um, like the people in this book. Great people. Yeah. 
Next up, great, Captain great Marvel number, <laughs> number 32 from Marvel, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Sergio Davila. This is the kickoff of the last of the Marvels event that brings together everybody who has held the title Captain Marvel or Marvel in some aspect all together at the same time as a new threat faces them. I thought this was a great kickoff. As usual, Kelly Thompson writes a really good, really involving, fun book to read. I enjoyed this. Pete, what did you think? Yeah, I very much in, enjoyed it. I also, as Justin likes to say, we got inside uh, the character's head a little bit. We got inside, uh, you know, Marvel's head. And, and like, I, I, I thought it was cool to see her thought process of, as she's kind of struggling with who this is and what's going on. So I thought it was very cool. I, I really liked the kind of reveal of the issues moving forward, the kind of like, heightened of uh of what uh, what's already happened I, I thought that was great um and yeah the tease for what's coming next issue i thought they did a great job of like heightening what's already going on and getting you excited for more so uh great art great writing thought it was a solid book uh, yeah i like the i like the way it was sort of a knockdown drag out fight for a lot of it sort of classic captain marvel stuff and then the turn into the larger mystery, I was like, oh, nice. This felt like good use of characters in the Marvel Universe. It's people. Um, and, Just say people. Yeah. Good use of people. Uh, <laughs> good use of people. You know what? I'm going to take the rest of this uh, stack off. It, just my general review is good use of people. All right. Good for you. Take it off, buddy. You deserve it. Yeah. Uh, this Thanks. title had art and pages. Yeah. <laughs> Good use of places. Like next up, next up, let's talk about Geiger number six from Image Comics, written by Jeff Johns, art by Gary Frank. I'm very curious to talk about this issue in particular, which wraps up the first arc of the book as Geiger, our radioactive man, goes up against a bunch of different folks in order to save the life of two kids, one of whom is dying of leukemia, particularly because. Uh, maybe Justin, let's go to you first, because I know you've been very hesitant about this book and the pacing of this book. But as we find out towards the end here, not only is this the end of the first arc, but after this, we're getting a 80 page giant. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank have opened up a massive continuity for this title that is tying into multiple eras and they're spinning off another book from it. So what did you think about this end of this first arc? And does the fact that there is a bigger plan there affect the way that you feel about it at all no i it makes a little bit more sense why they sort of slow played the this first title because they were like oh don't worry this is going to be a, a huge thing but they didn't tell us that so it just felt like they were walking us into something where we didn't know what the deal was um so i mean i agree with you i do think this issue sort of uh, told us a lot of still gave us a lot of story and paced everything up a little bit um it's just we didn't know that going in, so it was hard to uh, trust what was happening or trust the the storytelling that was happening because it was it wasn't moving at a pace that I think we expected. That Pete, I expected. what about you? Yeah, I I love this. I continue to really love uh, the art and the storytelling in this. You get some great hugs in here. You know what I mean? Like some powerful hugs going on. It's it's touching. Uh, yeah, I love the action. I feel like this is going to be the future. We're all going to be glowing this neon green at some point. Um, so it was kind of cool to see. I am very curious if this was the plan from the beginning of the book or if this is something that they discovered over the course of creating Geiger, because 
I'm on a similar page to you, Justin, where maybe this is my similar page, page characters, great pages, people were people were in this book and I watched them do things. I identify with that because I'm a people. (laughs) (laughs) I do wonder if they came up with this first and like you're saying, sort of kind of held it in the background and being like, there's a bigger plan there, but we're not going to tell everybody. Or if they came around to that and sort of figured that out at kind of halfway through. Either way, my comics brain is definitely like, oh, this is more important because it is part of a bigger continuity. So it really right. does honestly get me there at the end. And I know Jeff Johns is really good at big, huge, long-term plans with overarching stories. Sure is. So this little story that they've told so far that is a very straightforward post-apocalypse story, I felt like, okay, I'm in it for the Gary Frank art. Gary Frank is amazing no matter what. Jeff Johns writes a fine story, but the fact that they are gearing up towards something bigger and presumably taking all of these heroes that they're teasing and mixing them together as some sort of new team that's fighting a new threat. uh, Yeah, I'm in. I'll I'll read that. I'm happy to read (laughs) Jeff Johns and Gary Frank doing that. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. You had me a two-headed wolf dog. Yeah. I feel like they're just, uh, I wish they shaved it a little bit closer, if you know what I mean. Mm, that's interesting. You know, one way <laughs> that you can <laughs> shave things a little bit closer is with the Lawnmower 4.0 for Manscaped. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny. I had a whole plan in my head to talk about a radioactive rod, but I, I think oh, you did a better wow. segue there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I didn't want to step on you, but I just love the idea that you had no idea. You, you, you assumed that neither of us would ever be paying attention enough to notice set up the right. next thing. I uh, love catching you off guard where you were like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> oh, read ahead. Oh, you read the outline that I sent you. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> So, yeah, it is time to turn to our sponsors over at Manscaped and their performance package 4.0. You probably all know this if you've listened to the show before, but there's a bunch of things you can get in the performance package 4.0. You can get the lawnmower 4.0 with Pete Loves. That's right. Unabashedly. Unabashedly. The Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Trammel Bag to hold your whole, all of those things, every single one of those last things. (laughs) To hold your Uh, whole, all of those things. Are you going to throw them all in your travel bag and take them somewhere? You're going to just take a little me vacation, a little me time, and just trim yourself? The best time to shave is when you're by yourself on vacation. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But I I think it's important to have a nice little travel bag when you travel. So, yeah, hell yeah. And here's the thing. Summer, you know, everyone's cutting loose in the summer. But um, we got to trim it up for fall. It's the season. For fall? For fall? For fall. (laughs) (laughs) I know other people are like, oh, let's make sure we look good for the summer for bathing suits. That's right. No. I wear my skippiest outfit for apple picking is what I do. (laughs) I've seen you. You're in a Speedo and Pinny. You're wearing a Pinny and a Speedo right Mm -hmm. out there in the orchard. Well, that's why I use the Lawnmower 4.0 before I do. It's got a 4,000K LED spotlight. Uh, as well as a guard, a 7,000 
a physical card. Like there's a guy who stands there, is like, oh, you're doing exactly. that wrong. Security. Well, it's too close. Hey, to sorry, uh, sorry, too close. My... Too close. <laughs> the nut card. It's the old nut card. Yeah. Old hey, nut yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. Too close. Hey, hey, hey. Too hey, close. Hey, 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 hey. You got ID there, buddy. <laughs> Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com for a clean trinity and beyond your space balls. Well, thank you. That would have made more sense if we used the Now, we made copy. the most sense. Definitely did. I, I, yeah. I've never thought that the way to really take you off your game, Alex, <laughs> is to pay attention and know it's coming. <laughs> but now I know an important lesson. I learned an important lesson I'm this day. Throat right now. <laughs> no way of coming back. Next up, Lucky Devil number two from Dark Horse Comics, written by Colin Bunn, art by Fran Galan. The first issue of this book, mixed is probably the wrong word, but I think we were sort of in a wait and see pattern with this one. It was yes. about a guy that got possessed by a demon. When the demon left, he still had the powers of the demon and decided to start a cult. In this issue, we do, in fact, get to see what happens with that cult, what his plan is, what's going on there. So given all that, what did you think about the second issue? I was this, uh, a lot more impressed with this issue, for sure. Yes, I, this was I, very fun. Yeah, I love the art, love the, the kind of character design. I thought this was really cool uh, story and... I'm very excited for more moving forward. Like the whole kind of like way dealt with the, the, the different stuff as I, I, I was just really impressed. Uh, also really gruesome, fucked up shit, but uh, very enjoyable. Justin, what about you? I agree. This, I f- feel like really stepped into the sort of swing of what the, the promise of the first issue was and brought us yeah. some great demonic stuff, some really great horror stuff and set up more of a, a momentum, a narrative momentum going forward in, into the rest the next issue and the rest of the series. I really like this. Totally agree. I think what we thought was going to happen with the second issue is exactly what happened. And I'm very happy to see that next up. Aquaman 80th anniversary number one from DC yeah! Comics, written by Jeff huh? Parker, Marguerite Bennett, Jeff Johns, Kevin Scott, Michael Morrissey, Dan Waters, Stephanie Phillips, Dan Jurgens, Sean Aldridge, Chuck Brown, Brandon Thomas. Art by Evan Doc Shaner, Trung Lee Nguyen, uh, Paul Pelletier, Scott Eaton, Pop Man, Miguel Mendoza. Hendry Protaski, Steve Epting, Tom Derenick, Valentin Delandro, and Diego Olaturga. So, Pete, I'm going to turn it over to you. This is one that, that you were very excited about and you wanted to add to the stack in particular. So You demanded we speak on this. Yeah, and you're fucking welcome, guys, because we had a guest on our show, and if we didn't read the fucking comic ahead of time, we wouldn't have been able to tie it in. So made us look good in the fucking interview. You're fucking welcome. Pete, just real quick, did you know that in advance, or did you realize no that way. when I asked about it on the show? No way. Oh, I just realized that when we were interviewing, but <laughs> exactly. good thing I still recommend it. I there wanted to go. talk about it just because I love the comic. I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for uh, uh, kind of like anniversary things that gets more story, get to see this main character in different ways. And and that's one of the things I really appreciated. There was a lot of different artistic takes 
on Aquaman in this, and you know some issues we didn't even get Aquaman, which was very enjoyable. Uh, the Black Manta uh, kind of number one preview that we got was really badass. Unbelievable uh, uh, artistic stuff that they were doing in this book. I just thought it was fun, and there was a hilarious old school like iced tea kind of ad in the middle of it. I I, I was having a great time. I thought this was the only one thing I was uh, upset that they didn't have like all the little shots of the covers that they sometimes do mm. of all the different Aquaman mm. over the eighty years. But other mm. than that, I was really pleased. You get a lot for your buck here in this in this one. So what's the deal with Aquaman? He talks to fish. That's his kind of like thing. No, I think he's swimming. Wow, that's he a very swims, original he joke. He swims well. There. Thank you. I think he yeah. swims well. Mm. I uh, don't really get Aquaman. That's one of those characters. What? Like, well, it's it's the same thing as like. <laughs> <laughs> If there's anything about this issue, it's like, you get Aquaman. Yeah, but I mean, like, I don't get, there's nothing that interests me about the character. And I think it's the same thing as Pete with Green Lantern, where he's like, nah, I'm out. I'm good. I don't need to read any of this. Where there's something about Aquaman, like, I just cannot hook into the characters all. As soon as he's swimming under the water, I'm like, why? I don't care about this. Like, I That's crazy, because, because Aquaman, to me, is right in the same bracket as Flash. Mm-hmm. It's like the Flash is like, I run fast. Mm-hmm. And some other stuff happens with treadmills and time travel and stuff. And Aquaman's like, I swim well. And some mm-hmm. other stuff happens with, I run Atlantis and um, I have a bunch of family around me. You're 100% right. It's just a mental block where I love the Flash because I'm like, yes, he's running. That's really wonderful. I love it. And with Aquaman, it's like, what is he doing underwater? Come Do on. Do you like to swim? Not really. Maybe that's ah, it. I knew there it. it is. I knew there it. You don't like swimming. You hate the water. That's what and it is. famously, the thing. you love Here's running. Here's the crazy thing running. that like doubles down on exactly what I'm saying. My absolute favorite stories in this collection, which, mind you, Pete, I will give you credit, the art in here was great. Very good. So good. These short story collections are usually really good. Frankly, I don't usually add them to the stack because our reaction is like, there were some good stories. Here are some and of the good some stories. not so good ones. Yeah, here we go. So I hesitate to add them because they uh, that's what the discussion ends up being a lot of the time. Right. But I love the Black Manta stories and yes. maybe because yeah. it's like, yeah, kill Aquaman. Oh, you're an <laughs> asshole, what? man. I don't know. I want him to win. <laughs> Take the Jeff John's uh, Paul Pelletier story about Very Black good. Manta yes. bonding with his son was awesome. Very really good. so good. Yeah. I really liked the stuff um, with Jackson, um, who yeah. uh, in future, uh, future State Aquaman, um, he is Aquaman. And one of my favorite books of the the Future State crossover in the last year was that, I think, two-issue, um, just very short so series. So good, yeah. Which was so good about um, him sort of taking the mantle of Aquaman. Um, and I liked some other ones here. I really, I do like Aquaman. I was a big fan of the Peter David run on Aquaman, which started with Aquaman Time and Tide. Great four-issue mini if you're an Aquaman fan and have not read it. Um, and the stuff where he only had one hand. Maybe not everyone's favorite run, but I enjoyed that. It was crazy to me. Um, if you don't remember, Aquaman lost his hand yep. because a bunch of fish bit it off. The last <laughs> way you think Aquaman's going to lose. But here's the thing. A lot of times you see a carpenter without fingers. It's not. It's because of the tool. It's because fish bit it off. No? Okay. Maybe you're talking to a different carpenter. No wonder you don't like to go on the water. (laughs) Anyway, I guess I can sum it up and say mixed bag. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's move on and talk about Sinister War number four from Marvel, written by Ed Bryson and Nick Spencer, art by Mark Bagley, uh, Dato Neves, and Marcelo Ferreira. This is tying up the Sinister War storyline where we've had six Sinister Sixes fighting against Spider-Man all at the same time at the beck and call of Kindred. We get the promise that maybe we're going to wrap up that storyline as well as we get a wrap up of the storyline involving Mephisto and Doctor Strange, where Mephisto just walks away at the end of this issue. I wanted to talk about this one in particular because there was a big promise here at the beginning of huge revelations for Nick Spencer's run. So I was curious to hear from you guys what you thought about how this all tied up. I don't know what the big revelations were. Yeah. Uh, let me say that um, I like sort of that the chaos on chaos of this, um, and Mark Bagley's art feels like um, sort of a, a safe choice for Spider-Man, but a choice that I'm used to because that was uh, Mark Bagley was drawing Spider-Man when I was first reading Spider-Man. Um, I'm curious what the the Mephisto Doctor Strange scene at the end feels like. It's pointing towards something that maybe Mephisto did in the past and maybe uh, coming up upon again. And I thought that was maybe um, the implication of the, that statement, but I, I don't know. Pete, I assume you just straight up didn't like this. Yeah, definitely did not. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, it was one of those things where, um, you know, it wasn't in the stack and then was for some reason, but... Uh, Hold on a second. We, no, let's no, do it. No, 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 no. Don't. Gotcha. Don't. No, no. Ah! In the game of chicken that we're always playing as they put the stack together, and Pete was like, I'd like to read this book. And I was like, oh, yeah? Well, you put you put one of ours in the hospital, we'll put him in the body bag. And he brings out the Sinister War. Yeah. I mean, also, it came in a little later than everything else, so I sent it as soon as it came in. But go sure. ahead, Pete. Sure. Yeah, I it just... It was a game of chicken. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't... I don't like this run of Spider-Man. I don't think Kindred is fun. Uh, this is just, I'm looking He's forward. very fun. Uh, He's got I'm, giant centipedes. What's more fun than that? I That was the theme for my son's birthday the last year. Centipedes the fun bug. <laughs> fun bug. Hundred yeah. legs. I'm What's not, more fun I'm not, than that? I'm not having fun with this. I'm looking for Too many them. legs. Like Good, hundred legs. Don't it's ever count Spencer them. It's not a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I I like the art on this. I guess yes. I don't know. It's it's very frustrating. It's just like I want to get to whatever it is already, and that's how I felt for I don't know thirty forty issues at this point. A long generation time. where it's just particularly the Mephisto thing where he's like. I'm going to tell you everything, Doctor Strange, just based on the outcome of this specific storyline. And at the end, he's like, well, see you later. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yep. Well, it would be so frustrating if that wasn't the vibe of this book for, as you're saying, like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, ever but since that said, like, I like the basic concept of a sinister war. That's fun. The yeah. massive walls of supervillains that are fighting against Spider-Man are fun. So it's not worthless or anything like that, but we just need to get to whatever it is. Let's move on and talk about Sweet Paprika, number two from Image Comics by Mirka Andalfo. I think you guys in particular really like the first issue of this book about a book publisher who is a demon who has some repressed urges she needs to deal with at the same time there's a delivery guy who is an angel who uh, has too many urges and needs to figure out a way to tamp them down 
Will they fall in love? I guess we'll have to wait and see. What did you think about the second issue here? Uh, sort of the opposite of Lucky Devil that we talked about earlier. <laughs> this is like a fun um, uh, people trying to figure out their lives um, take on uh, angels and demons. Uh, Pete, there's some fun sex in this book, something I know that you will look up from you, whatever you're doing, and talk about in a second. And, um, and yeah. Uh, the art's enjoyable. And uh, this is a, a book that pushes characters forward in ways that some people appreciate. Um, I look forward to exploring more. Um, yeah. This is wow. still a lesser... You have a gun to your head? <laughs> <laughs> this is still a lesser Mirka Andalfa book to me. She's become this superstar in comics very quickly. I'm sure she's been working for a really long time, so it's probably not quickly for her. But there's a lot of other things that I like better or find more interesting that she's doing though i think this is fine the art's fine the characters are fun happy to read more of it but it's not 100 percent my favorite thing that she's doing right now next up black hammer reborn number three from dark horse comics written by jeff lemire art by caitlin yarsky in this issue uh reality tears open and her main character needs to go into action against it. We're also getting flashbacks back in the day to when she met her husband. Um, every Black Hammer book is great. I, I don't know what we could say at this point. You know? I, it, it is. It, it continues to be really impressive what they're doing with the Black Hammer books. The art's fantastic. There's just great storytelling that's going on and different sides to characters that you don't kind of think about. I, I kind of am very impressed with the me-cute we kind of get in this comic. Also, an amazing cover on this comic. Really cool. I, I just think this title continues to be creative in ways that someone who's been reading comics their whole life is still impressed with. So, just well done. Yeah, I think Jeff Lemire has a good little pocket universe on his hands here. And this is just another great issue um this series paired with black hammer visions i think are some of the best comics on the stands and uh there's a great dread forming over this particular title uh with issue three here and and shout out to caitlin yarsky on the art just doing a great job here less surreal than the last issue but still very very good her characters are good they're very distinct she draws them in different time periods and creates connections between them it's all very impressive Next up, Static, Season 1, Number 3 from DC Comics, written by Vita Ayala, art by Nicholas Draper-Ivy and Chris Cross. This is continuing to walk its way through Static's origin story here. Pete, over to you. Yeah, I just I wanted to talk about this book. It's, it's really awesome art. It's like this... Um, it's kind of kind of got like this airbrush feel to it, which is really cool. And you don't see that a lot in DC comics, just artistically wise. It's such a cool thing to kind of see. And there's really great kind of like character reveals, rocking costumes and, and different things that it's just done so well and kind of really makes it pop. But uh, as far as like, I just feel like this is a solid issue. Love the kind of villain moment we get at the end. Um, yeah, I just, uh, Static Shock was one of those things where like, it's to me, to me, at least I feel like it's more well-known because of the cartoon that was done, but it's great to see the comic, uh, being handled so well as well. 
I feel like Static Shock is the Peter Parker of the DC universe. And I think they should find a way to put this character front and center. It's such a, this is a great book. The character's great. Uh, I, I don't know why that hasn't happened. I feel like if more people read this, more people would like this. Yeah. Next up, Undiscovered Country, number 15 from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder and Charles Saul, art by Giuseppe Camicoli and Leonardo Marcello Grossi. In this issue, we're continuing to plug our way through... Man, I really should look this up before we tape, because I forgot every time. Is it imagination or inspiration is the world that they're in right now? Whatever it is, they need to create a masterpiece about America in order to escape this particular ring of the country that they're trapped in right now. The land of legends and folk tales. That's where they head to, where they meet Paul Bunyan and yeah, David Blox, yes. two of my Come faves. Come on, this is fun stuff. Very fun. Uh, and they are the dealing with some zone of possibility, big... is that what you're... Zone of possibility, from? yes, thank you. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, so that's where we're headed right now. Uh, this is a creative, weird, fun arc versus the very dark arcs that I think they did to previously. Um, but uh, great book. And like we've been talking about for the past several issues here, I think they've really hit a good groove with the characters and with the book yeah. where you just have a better understanding of who everybody is now. And it's yeah. really firing on all cylinders. I, I agree. I feel like it's really kind of like catching speed and, and exploring characters in such a cool way of <laughs> like sometimes the, <laughs> sorry, sorry, exploring people in such a fun way. The, the fact that we're uh, more familiar with these characters and then we get flashbacks, it just has a lot more meaning. Uh, I'm really, really appreciate Plus like the way they're using the paneling and it's just very creative. Very cool. I'm, I'm just really impressed with a lot of the, uh, just art and imagination in this book that continues to just get keep getting crazier and crazier. And the pos- the possibility, Pete. Um, I feel like they're they've sort of got glommed onto this lost Ian type of storytelling where we're getting a little bit of backstory at the same time we're getting the the main action driving forward. And to your point, Alex, like I love it, it. Feels like it's getting weirder in more directional ways as opposed to the first couple arcs. It was like. Welcome to Weird World, where everything's <laughs> weird, and you're like, honk, honk, my nose is a carrot or whatever, and it's like, okay, I don't know. And now it's very much like, okay, I see where this is going a little bit more. Yeah, great stuff. Great but book, definitely. Yes. What's, what's also impressive is, like, because the beginning was so weird, once we start to get stuff, it really makes me want to go back and reread it and be mm-hmm. like, okay, now that I know these people, like, uh, the first part would be more meaningful. Yeah, like how you learn more about us, and we're like, "Wow, these relationships are meaningful." Yeah, yeah, I really want to go back and get to know who you guys are. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Gru beats Tarzan, number two from Dark Horse Comics, written by Sergio Aragones and Mark Vanier, art by Sergio Aragones and Thomas Yeats. So, in this issue, we're still getting our three storylines going: one with Tarzan in traditional style, one with Gru in traditional style, and one with Sergio Aragones and Mark Vanier at a Comic Con trying to figure out how to write. Gru meets Tarzan. So weird bunch of things going this on is here. Weird. <laughs> this is weird. But the first issue had all three trains going separately. Here we're finally getting them to coalesce into one story or at least two stories. Uh, 
which is why I thought it was worth talking about this issue. I know I'm in the tank for Gru just because of nostalgia, but what did you guys think? I I was happy that they finally met up in this issue because it was like Gru and Tarzan and and the first one, we don't get to see them together. Now they finally have a moment where they they see each other. So at least I was like, okay, good, geez, how long are these going to be separate? So I'm excited to see how this works moving forward, how these two interact moving forward. It'll be interesting. Curious how it's gonna mix here because it's the whole thing. Like, it feels a little bit like, uh, and I know this is uh, sacrilegious based on what we've learned about Mark uh, Evanye. Um, like, it feels a little bit like a Mad Magazine strip, like mm-hmm. where it is sort of like it's like ha ha. But if that strip was going like come back next strip and we're gonna keep telling that same story again, it's like <laughs> oh okay. Uh, so I am curious how much uh, how much legs this uh, this blending of these three types of story has. I will say there's definitely a chance if they sort of go through the looking glass and we get to see a Tarzan Gru and a Grood Tarzan, that would be cool. Yeah. I yeah again I'm still in the tag for groove because it's definitely hitting that I was a kid and this is my favorite comic and I love this just no matter what always oh, talking about cheese dip this is great uh, the, so that's definitely the lion hitting, stuff was fun yeah it's just hitting on that level and to your point Justin when they do finally meet at the end the fact that they keep groove in the same style and Tarzan is like this guy looks weird yeah. is yeah. Very, very fun. Meta. But it also struck me that that happened at the end of the second issue. It was like, you don't need to do this much work. You're doing too much work yeah. to get Gru and Tarzan together when this should have happened on page two yeah. at best of the first issue. Um, so it's fine. I'm still enjoying it. But again, I was curious to get your guys' input on the second issue here because we were a little split on the first issue. Last but not least, let's talk about the many deaths of Layla Star, number five from Boom Studios, written by Ram yes. V, art by Felipe Andrade. This is the final issue of this story about death, ostensibly trying to stop the man who invents immortality. We get a resolution there of sorts as the two finally meet. Justin, talk to us about this issue. Yeah, this Justin. is the JT Sizzle book of the week. Book uh, of the week. I think I think this series is is excellent. Um, it's uh, really smart. It's funny. It gets into some larger metaphysical ideas about what life is. And what I loved about this issue in particular, um, and we don't have to walk through the whole plot by any means, but um, Layla Starr uh, finally meets up with um, the man who who uh, gets rid of death um, later on in his life. And um, the way this book ended, mirroring how our human lives end, where it's sort of, uh, we don't, it's not, we expect our lives to be like a narrative where we get like beginning, middle, and sort of a nice long lead out into the end. And uh, bad news, that's not how most lives go. And so in this book, we get that same, the sort of more realistic track narratively that the book sort of ends a bit abruptly um, before the story is truly finished uh, being told. And that to me, that really got me. I just thought this was so good. Pete? I thought this was really beautiful, very well done, artistic in all the right ways. Uh, it's a powerful book. It's, it's, it's impressive what they're talking about, how they're dealing with it. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those ones where, 
Well done. Give them awards. Congratulate them. Give them raises. All right. Give them some awards. Give Good awards. job. Do you said it. something about the human condition, you assholes. And for the 2021 Eisner Award for Best People in Best Paper Book, <laughs> it's a very dangerous <laughs> Yeah, this book was great. Uh, shout out in particular to Felipe Andrade, who draws some absolutely stunningly gorgeous shout characters out. and very different characters. There's almost this uh, ephemeral look to the characters. Like, everything feels like this piece of ribbon blowing in the wind when you look at Ooh, everything. Yes. And it just matches gorgeously with the story they're telling. I don't know about you guys, but I went into this issue thinking, man, how many more issues could they keep this concept going? And then over this issue, and I was like, oh, one issue. <laughs> just and this one. Just this one. Uh, but it ended at exactly the right time. I think like five issues is exactly the amount of story they needed to tell with this, and they completely nailed it. So They knew what they were doing, and they killed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They knew what they were doing. No. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> if you know what you're doing, you can support our podcast at <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to broadcast sure the YouTube Cut Bang Out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Virtual Comic Book Shop. Wow, we finished this just a hair under the amount of time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.